Good morning. It is a chilly Monday, April 18th, 2022, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Since we last talked, EPA made some important decisions regarding the availability of E15, which started some mini fires for the industry to put out. Fighting continued in Ukraine. We're basically just waiting for Mariupol to fall into Russian control. An early start to spring planting slipped into the past. May corn overnight, $8 and one half cents. The Cubs went on a six game road trip and came back with a 500 road record. Happy tax day. I'm AgriTalk host Chip Flory. Good morning, pro farmer policy analyst Jim Weismeyer. How are you today, buddy? Pretty good. The Nationals continue to lose, and it looks like we're just going to, uh, you know, train players to be sold to other teams. <laughs> you know, there's in some worlds, they call that rebuilding. I, <laughs> I'm just saying. We just give them away. Trey Turner, <laughs> Scherzer, et cetera. You know, uh, yeah. it's yeah, a lot like the Detroit Tigers and Minnesota Twins. They do the same thing. Yep, yep. And then you got even Schwarber. Schwarber was a one-year deal for you. Yeah, just it's nuts. He was a fan favorite. Yeah. Hit all those home runs, and they, uh, well, I think now we know the reason why. The learners uh, looks like they want to sell the team. So, yeah. They're yep. getting a high cost off the off the ledger. Exactly, exactly. Um, Jim, I think we need to the, uh, the the most important story out there is Ukraine and what is happening there. But uh, I I think we should probably start with the ethanol happenings from last week because President Biden came to Menlo, Iowa last week and and made it official. Said. Uh, well, I shouldn't say made it official. At least it's official for him. Yes. Uh, said that E15 will be available this summer, uh, June 1 to September 15. Yes. And uh, then we have the the uh, same types of questions. What's the impact, Chip? And, right. And with the vast majority of service stations not uh, caring, uh, not having E15 pumps, of course, it's very important to Iowa and states like Minnesota. So I'm not going to I'm not going to say it wasn't an important announcement. It depends on the state. But see, this goes back years ago, Chip, when you had a disagreement within the ethanol lobbying community uh, about infrastructure or the lack of it. The necessary right. wells at stations and the uh, and the uh, uh, both E85 and E15 pumps and uh, and that was the result really of why we got growth energy as a, as a group you know looking back yeah. and it, they are still lagging behind and I'm asked I was asked in uh, in two of my speeches last week what's the impact of this and it's it's when you look at aggregately I'm again it's not a negative but but it's relatively minimal to right. me. But it, it's what we we need to get those pumps uh, out there. Right, right. And there's some more money available for that. Uh, when we talked with Secretary Vilsack last week on AgriTalk, uh, he made quick mention that there is $100 million available for the infrastructure build-out on uh, to make E15 available to more places. And one thing that, that I thought was interesting, Jim, was he said when the funds become available, they get snatched up. There, there's demand for the funds. Well, then they, they should you know, keep making that available because, again, that goes under infrastructure. 
And yeah. uh, I wish we would have put even more in the infrastructure bill because that's that's major for the industry because these states like Iowa and Minnesota are doing the E15 year round individually or at least trying to, but uh, be, because they don't have the faith that the uh, federal government is is going to do it. Uh, but if you have the pumps, that gives uh, Congress a little more momentum to go ahead. Right. Right. The other thing that Secretary Vilsack said was that the $700 million in COVID aid for ethanol producers should finally make its way to those producers by the end of this month. Hmm. You want, did he say why it took so long? No. <laughs> I just said, thank God, and moved on. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So um, there's usually more answers that there's more questions than answers on biofuels policy. And, and this continues to be the scene. But again, the, the announcement was a positive, but we, we really have to keep focusing on that uh, uh, infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I, I do have to mention that every time that ethanol moves back into the spotlight, uh, it's an opportunity for the haters to come out in droves, which they did. This time, the focus really, and I think it's because of the, just kind of the way the whole thing is is assumed. Uh, but there was an assumption that, or there is an assumption that the reason that E15 isn't available from June 1 to September 15 is because there's a higher potential for smog during the summer months with E15, which is exactly the opposite of the truth. Yeah. Um, there's lower emissions from E15. There's even lower in E20, even lower in E30. But just sticking with E15, it all goes back to the Clean Air Act written 50 years ago, and it was worded poorly. That's yeah. the whole problem here. Which is uh, what you're saying is we shouldn't have the requirement anyway for the summer right. months then, right? Well, it shouldn't be necessary. It shouldn't be necessary. Right. The waiver should the waiver should not be necessary. Uh, and I... It, it's it's going to be difficult to reopen 50-year-old legislation, the Clean Clean Air Act, oh, and try to get that changed. Not in this environment. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, no you way. Not there. It's just it's almost 50-50 split. You wouldn't be able to get it through the Senate, uh, right. you know, uh, let alone the House. And you have your deniers out there. You have still some, Chip, that you know that yeah. say uh, it takes more energy to uh, make ethanol. Right. And that's, that's totally untrue. Right. Right, just using outdated information yes. when they, when those claims are made. Uh, th another thing that is happening at the administration right now, it, referring to the infrastructure package that you talked about, there's going to be a, a tour of some of the highest-ranking uh, administration officials. I believe it starts this week. It does. It does. Okay. Uh, and Biden himself is going out, too, in a, in a host of uh, officials, including Vilsack. Uh, yep. So, yeah, there and and I applaud them for selling it because you know, let's face it, the Biden administration, the Biden himself, is still tanking further in the polls. And uh, former President Obama said, at least he thinks the Democrats have a story to tell. They better start telling it. 
<laughs> yeah, they <laughs> that that's exactly right. If they're going to stand a chance this fall, um, hey, as a reminder to everyone, the comments tab is open on on your page. Go ahead and click on that, and you can send us a message. Good morning, Melody. It's good to talk with you this morning. Uh, but you can send us a message, and we'll be sure to get your comments in. Uh, Jim, anything else from from last week that you, that you feel like we need to highlight? Well, we got the confirmation that the uh, leading uh, CEOs from the meatpacking companies are oh, indeed yes. uh, were asked uh, to attend. They didn't put a specific date, but uh, before they indicated it would be an April twenty seventh uh, right. hearing on the House Ag Committee. So we did get confirmation on that. I think we talked about it as a spec piece on yep. Monday's uh yeah yeah you know Monday's program. So we got that confirmation. Uh so that that could be revealing. Some people say that the CEOs don't know the ins and outs that I think that they know their industry, uh that they'll have staff with them. So I think it will be oh, yeah. the hearing, Jeff, on 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 this issue. And we're going to see if the finger pointing continues. And I can't wait for that hearing to, to air out some significant questions. Well uh, the, uh, the, when I had the, let's talk about food prices a bit for, for a moment. When I had the conversation with secretary Vilsack last week, I was listening very closely for three very specific words. And I'm, I'm glad that he did not say them on, on, uh, AgriTalk, but the Putin price hike, Jim, I've got, I've got some liberal friends and when they hear the put hear the administration say Putin price hike, it makes them want to puke. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this was well, both the gasoline price, it, yes. it has extended the gas uh, price, yes. but you had what about a dollar uh, uh, increase before February 24th, the, the, the legit onset of the invasion and now war. Uh, but yeah, the food prices too, they were going up and, uh, and now it's, it's amplified because of the supply problems, uh, the, uh, you know, chain problems. And yes, it's aggravated and will last longer as a result of the invasion war because of, uh, the, the market is still trying to ascertain, uh, how much of the Ukrainian crop will either not be produced or cannot be exported and all are the alternative routes uh other ports uh yeah. land shipments etc and so that's still a question mark there but uh so again i i applaud the secretary for not taking an easy way out that nobody believes anyway right right okay yeah yeah let's let's uh talk a little bit more about uh the supply chain because that shutdown then in china 400 million people Yes. Was the last count that I had uh, that a little uh, around it, uh, you know, rounding yeah. a little under four hundred million, but that's a lot. Oh, that's <laughs> a U.S. population. Yes, it's under lockdown. First started, the best thinkers or sources we had, Chip said, this is going to be a, a major impact on the supply chain again. I mean, yeah. look at Tesla's trying to get those plants up and up and running again today. By the way, uh, Apple Computer has some uh, uh, chip vendors. Uh, 
over there, even though I think they've done a good job of making their own chips. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, this is going to, uh, this just shows that this issue has legs on it. Now, we did get a report that some shipping rates are, have gone down mm -hmm. this year. And in fact, since, since in the U.S. In the U.S. and yep. since mid-March. So that'll just hopefully make U.S. products more competitive in the export market because the wheat market needs it because we're high yeah. priced and it, it's hard to sell U.S. wheat in the export market. Yeah, U.S. truck rates have, have gone down. Um, I heard the barge rate market described as a collapse last week. I don't know if it was that bad or not, but uh, it, it, it has fallen significantly. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to focus on here, Jim, is that they are not moving food from ports into the interior for that huge number of people. Uh the, the food shortage conversation, not, not just around China, but around the world, I fear is going to ramp up in the week ahead. And that could have an impact on, on, on some potential decisions made in, in D.C. going forward. It will. And now the IMF and World Bank are having their spring meetings all of this week. Yes. And, yes. and last week, uh, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen called for a separate meeting to look into the food price situation, supply, demand, et cetera. So this has the highest levels of uh, uh, attention. This is not going to go away anytime uh, soon. And even in the U.S., we're going to have, with logistics concerns, uh, uh, et cetera, we're going to see USDA keep increasing their food price forecast. Yeah. Tell me more about the IMF and World Bank meetings that are happening this week. Is it in D.C.? Yes, it's in D.C. Okay. each year. And every Tuesday... Uh, they issue the World Economic Outlook report. So yeah. we're going to see them go down in a number of countries, uh, and uh, especially uh, China. Uh, we saw China come out with their GDP first quarter number uh, literally overnight, you know, Monday yep. their time. And it was 4.8%, a little higher than what the trade thought, but below their right. so-called goal of 5.5%. But uh, their their uh, downturn is going to continue now, or less growth than they want uh, yeah. because of the problems we said earlier in Shanghai and other countries. But with the IMF and World Bank in town, you're going to see a lot of updates over the next few days under the U.S. and European uh, economies and the impact of this uh, war uh, just just uh, you know continuing to uh, uh, unfold. And on the food policy area, I think that they're going to plead with countries not to uh, re uh, restrict uh, their uh, uh, exports. I, I think that'll be a clear message out of uh, Yellen and and her and and her counterparts. Well, which gets me to another topic that I wanted to discuss. There's going to be more conversation about, listen, if the price of food is going up in the U.S., let's not send as much overseas. It, it, it always happens. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, the odds of putting some sort of a restriction on U.S. exports still very low. Low. But I will tell you, the pressure will be severe if you have a U.S. corn and our soybean crop below trend yield. 
chip because yeah. then then what over eight dollars what are you talking about for corn and right. and then I, I i we're gonna have to reassess at that juncture and it's too early we're into this two season that i always call too much rain too little rain too much heat too little heat and we've got to go through through that for you know you know price volatility but if you're in a i don't care whether you're a republican administration or democrat administration uh, when you hear the pressure on food prices, it's a tax, just like gas is a tax. And they hear it, and they usually want uh, some way to alleviate it. Right, right. Okay, uh, let's go to the southern border. Texas Governor Abbott is <laughs> feels like he's taking this problem into his own hands. Uh, you know, uh, Abbott? Yeah. Yes. Well, two things that he's chipping off people to Washington, D.C. that's coming into the border. And I always find that uh, amusing and insightful that yeah. uh, we have to feel it uh, here as uh, well. And uh, he uh, he did for a couple of days and the and the pressure got so severe, restricting the uh, trucks coming in from Mexico, uh, Jeff, and that was really affecting the U.S. poultry market for in 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 uh, uh, in, in particular, and the truckers' uh, uh, jobs because they had to sit in line for so long. So that's been alleviated as of uh, Friday. So uh, it looks like they're rolling again for the two-country uh, two uh, trade. But on the immigration front, yes, Texas is uh, uh, trying to deal with this. And you have a number of Democrats, the moderate Democrats, who are, who are going to be in very uh, close elections with their Republican counterparts uh, saying uh, Biden's um, Rule 42 uh, is really going to add still more pressure on, on the southern border. So we're going to see a hemorrhage again coming up if he doesn't back off of, of, uh, 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 of that regulation, Chip. Okay. All right. Let's go to the comments. Melody is wondering, are there direct links between the increased soy plantings, the reduction of meat production, and the introduction of miracle meats? I don't... Mm. Go ahead. I, I don't know whether I'd call a miracle meat. You, you mean the non-meat meats? I would guess. Okay. That, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, uh, I, I think it's the fertilizer price primarily on, on for this year, for this year on that one. You maybe have some relative to the renewable diesel, but that's yeah. more if come as well, but maybe they're getting ready you know, for that, well, there was, is, there was so much, change. there was so much talk about the renewable diesel over the winter that I think, uh, some of the acreage increase that we got was a bit premature on soybeans and the soybean market is trying to give some of those acres back over to corn. Yeah. And the, the ratio right now, correct me if I'm wrong, Chip, corn, soybeans, uh, you know, favors corn. And it su suggests oh, yeah. that we could have, what, up to another million acres uh, more than the planning intentions? I, I think it'd be pretty easy to move two million acres wow. from beans back over to corn. Wow. For the final so, planning. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, we're seeing a potential shift in the future for this uh, so more soybean acres if some of these things uh, you know, pan out, especially relative to renewable diesel. Wherever I go in my speeches, I get a lot of questions on that topic. Now, it needs, especially the sustainable aviation fuel, SAF, 
Now, they're in the pending legislation in Congress. There's a $1.25 a gallon incentive, if you will, subsidies if you're against it, uh, for that. that that'll make uh, such fuel eventually competitive, but there's, it's still going to be costly. But this is where the carbon mitigation becomes so important to renewable diesel. Once this uh, country gets into full carbon mitigation policy, the airlines are going to need uh, carbon offsets. That's where this SAF, Sustainable Aviation Fuel, is going to look so attractive to them because they can buy it and have that serve as a carbon offset. And that's why you're seeing a number of, of uh, the you know soybean processing plants either built new or being expanded because it looks like the industry thinks this is going to go, you know, be a go, Chip. Well, that's, I, I agree that that's part of the reason for the, for the soybean processing, but SAF is an ethanol play. It ADM starting, is it in 2022 or is it, uh, it may be 2023, but ADM some, at some point in the near future is committing 900 million gallons of ethanol to sustainable aviation fuel production. Yes. Uh, so this is very much, it, this is ethanol's play in an EV world. Okay. Yeah. So if, if, if we make that transition to EVs, I'm still not convinced. Um, the, the play then for ethanol becomes the aviation fuel market. Uh, Secretary Vilsack on, on, well, last week on AgriTalk said that it's a, a 35 billion gallon market. Yes. Uh, when we talked with Jeff Cooper from the Renewable Fuels Association, he said that it's closer to a 24 billion gallon market. When we talked with Pete Meyer from S&P Global Platts, he said that the, the uh, ethanol production that we've got right now could produce about 8.8, I believe it was 8.8, maybe 8.9 billion gallons of sustainable aviation fuel, feeding about one-third of that market. So the growth potential is unbelievable, Jim. Yes. Unbelievable. This is where you don't get too negative relative to the renewable fuel standard mm -hmm. program. And even if you assume the continued increase, which you have been seeing and you will be seeing in electric vehicles, uh, uh, not overtaking for a while, you know, again, all of its problems. We need a, we need electric grid, major investment in our electric grid. We need those precious, uh, you know, uh, you know, minerals, uh, cadmium, uh, et cetera, yeah. nickel, lithium, et cetera. But, uh, this shows you the future uh, relative to uh, you know, carbon mitigation and how ethanol and renewable diesel can play not just a role, a major role. And, and yeah. it's going to be another revenue stream. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the comment from Elon Musk about lithium? In what way? That all the lithium that we need, we can get out of Nevada. Nevada. If, if you, if, yeah, if it's mined. Right. Yes. Right. And it takes roughly, uh, if it's an existing 
pr producing uh, your mine, if you will, uh, two to three years, but it takes up to a decade, Chip. So yeah. we, we need to get going. Yeah, the, our country has a lot of it. So yeah, one should not get two down. But I, I say in my speeches, this alone should have been a reason why we stayed in Afghanistan, because <laughs> they're rich with some yeah. of these precious metals. And who went in in a big way after we left? China. China. So of all the money we spent on Afghanistan and the blood of American soldiers, we should have extracted that as payment. Uh, but we didn't. We didn't have a strategy. Right. Right. From Gary, with the ruble strengthening back to pre-Ukraine strength or levels, what's the plan going forward? Also, is D.C. taking seriously the dollar losing reserve currency yet? Uh, well, they, they, they are taking it seriously, but it wouldn't be the ruble because the rubles gained the strength from a currency controls. Uh, there's, there were no short sellers of the ruble. They denied that and they limited the amount of, uh, uh, rubles that could go outside the country. So, uh, and then he's also, uh, by he meaning Putin, the pariah. Uh, he's he's uh, telling buyers of Russian uh, uh, energy that they must pay in rubles. So they have to accumulate rubles. Whether or not that will succeed remains to be seen. So that's a short-term play. You have to look at the Chinese currency as a potential competitor. But again, do they have a rule of law? Usually for a currency uh, like, the, uh, like the British pound before the American dollar was the king currency, you have to have rule of law. China really doesn't have it, and we know Russia doesn't. So, right. yes, they, they should be concerned. Uh, they're also looking at uh, Bitcoins, but that's just a minor irritant uh, in, in the future as far as the, who, what, what currency is going to prevail. Uh, at least for now, the, the dollar uh, will, 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 I think, easily be the world uh, you know, currency. But China is looking very, uh, very closely at the uh, sanctions we put on Russia relative to their use of dollars and their sanctions on the Russian banks and et, et cetera. So it is changing the tone of, of that debate. The question is well taken, but again, there's more, you know, you know, more questions than answers. And what are the alternatives? Not the ruble and not the yuan, uh, yuan at this particular time or right. the remedy, uh, you know, you know, whatever you want to call it. Right. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jim, as I was was cruising through your your comments this morning, I saw the phrase term limits. W what are we talking about term limits? This is an interesting one. I'm going to go to my uh, 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 news you know, you know, section. Yeah. Punchbowl News, they're, they're a good outfit. They broke the news this morning that if the Republicans win the House – the Republican leadership is, would consider term limits for all chairs and ranking members, not just Republicans, Chip, because the Republicans already have that. The Democrats don't. So this would mean if they did act on that, Representative Maxine Waters of California, she's the top Democrat on the financial services since 2013. She would no longer be the top Democrat on that panel. Benny Thompson, uh, Mississippi on Homeland Security, etc. I don't see there's an agriculture impact at this particular 
time. But this is what the Republicans are telling the Democrats. This is payback or potential payback for excluding some Republican members on various committees for actions that the Democrats deemed unworthy <laughs> for, a, for a House member. So th this is could be potential major news on the structure of the House if the Republicans win, Jeff. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, that's all very interesting. Congress is still out this week, right? But you've got the meetings in town. Yes. Uh, right. That's a big one. Yes, that's a big one. Earth Day Friday. So we're going to have a lot of conservation oriented uh, yeah, uh, announcements on uh, on Friday. Tax Day is today for most people, not for me. I do. Right. Uh, you, you, uh, you know, cattle on feed, cattle on feed and cold storage on Friday. Yes. And cold Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. got snow. Did, warm you up. snow. did you get snow? You know what? It was the strangest thing. All of my apps, my radars, everything was showing that we were getting rain. We're going to get rain. We're going to get snow. And we got nothing. Hmm. I, I was sitting under a green blob for most of yesterday, hmm. yesterday afternoon. And we didn't, I, I didn't get a drop. Yeah. It is weird. This, if the weather, you know how important the weather is now with, with the demand base that we have now and yeah. the supply concerns around the world, this corn market is, it, it's going to be the market factor in a, in a few weeks. Again, we've got time. We've got into what, early June, really? You don't want to wait that long. Okay. But it's increasingly going to be a market factor if you have delays. Yeah. Uh, we've already got May corn making new highs this morning up to eight Oh six and a quarter is the last tick that I've got December 22 corn futures, seven forty-seven and a half, knocking on the door at seven and a half bucks. You've got May soybeans over $17 this morning, November soybeans um, over 15, 15. So 15, 17 and a half. We've got wheat futures trading sharply higher this morning. It's uh, we've got another big move happening. Uh, cattle what market. Is, what is December twenty three corn, Chip? I, yeah. I get questions on that when I speak. Right, December twenty three corn. By the way, we had a great conversation about new crop and new new crop yeah. costs of production uh, with Chris Barron on the afternoon show on Friday that you might find interesting. Sure. December 23 corn futures 668 and 3 quarters, December 24 597, December 25 577. These are these are markets that as you've been talking about Jim, uh these are markets that are reflecting the need for increased production not just for this year but into the future. Absolutely. And it's tied in also to the fertilizer. It's going to take a while to get that cleared up as well. No doubt about it. Jim, if you're wrapped up, I'm wrapped up. You good to I go? Am. All I'm, right. Thank I'm you so much. Have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals.